Hello and welcome to the Movie Mouth Film and TV Podcast, the five-star rated pod for all ye who love all things film and TV with a sprinkle of nerd. On this very episode, we'll be jumping 30 years into the future with Chris Pratt in The Tomorrow War, jumping our cars between remote jungle mountains in Fast 9, and, well, donning our swamp stompers as we jump on the heads of some tiny-headed lizard men with Super Mario Brothers in our Video Store Corner Classic Review section. As ever, we'll be bringing you the latest film news, reviews, and trailer discussions alongside some irreverent discussions on the very best of film and TV that you can watch right now. This is the rather under-the-weather and croaky-voiced Miles, an issue I swear isn't due to England winning the Euro 2020 semi-final last night, and my co-host, who famously once said, I live life a quarter mile at a time. Nothing else matters. Not the mortgage, not the store. Not my team and their bullshit. Not the podcast. For those 10 seconds or less, I'm free. You don't turn your back on family, even when they do. It's Phil. Hi, Phil. Hello. Phil Diesel. Phil Diesel. I was going to say, judging by the internet memery that's happening all over the shop at the moment, that has to be that. I've not even seen, like, past the first Fast and the Furious film, so, and I knew that what that was from immediately. <laughs> I believe it's called a meme-gasm. A meme? Oh, is it? Not memery, but it's, yeah, not viral memery. It's oh, called well, a meme. Just, yeah, I mean, I just made up that word. but I, I no, quite so, like so did I, actually. I just made up memegasm as well. But I, oh, right. <laughs> I would have believed it. <laughs> How are you, all right? No, you're not all right. I know that. You're under the weather, aren't you? The dead man's chest. You've got the dead man's chest. I've got the dead man's chest. <laughs> I'm a little bit funky. I'm all right. I'm going to survive. Sounds I'm going to be okay. Do yeah. I? Mm. Yeah. Welcome to the Movie Mouth Film mm. and TV podcast <laughs> mm. with your co-host, Miles, and your co-host, Philip. Oh, Philip. <laughs> Enough of that. Can I stop? I will stop that now. Okay. Um, what have you been watching, Phil? What's been going on in between um, episodes? Football. Lots of Ooh. football. <laughs> Tell us about soccer it. Soccer for the American audience. Uh, well, as you just mentioned, England are in the final, the actual fucking final of a (laughs) major tournament (laughs) for the first time since 1966. So it's sort of a big deal for people that like football. So I think I've watched pretty much every game in the Euros, Mm -hmm. um, which, and I've been thoroughly enjoying it. Working hard Uh, as always. Yeah. (laughs) In between uh, other things. But yeah, uh, but then TV and film-wise, I've nearly finished. It's taken me a while because I've been watching so much football, but I've mm. nearly finished Sweet Tooth. I think I've got just the last episode of the first series to go. Fantastic. So you've really, you've enjoyed it? I've from your enjoyed first it. Review? it got, it's got a bit mental. And a couple of the characters I really, <laughs> I really dislike because they're so annoying. But I'm still enjoying it. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to see it through. Um, mm-hmm. It's a bit different. Um Yep, so I'll be watching the last episode of that. And then the other thing that I've watched that I know, because I mentioned this to you the other day and you told me that you hadn't watched it, was Blazing Saddles. I've never seen Blazing Saddles. Yeah, I can't believe that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, you need to watch it. It's hilarious. I love Mel Brooks as well. And you will absolutely love that. You will love it. 
So, yeah, you need to watch it. You need to see it. Okay. All right. I will put it on the list. What's going on with me about I've not seen Avengers and you haven't seen Blazes Saddle? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, speaking of Fast and Furious, you haven't seen the remaining eight films <clears throat> after the first one. Is that correct? No. Again, okay. it's a mountain that I don't feel like I really need to climb. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to climb it in the arms of Vin Diesel, the big strong arms of Vin Diesel mm. carrying you up the mountain. With his voice like a gravelly road. I am Groot. Mm. Maybe. Oh, I should. They're probably, I, I should watch them. You know. I mean, you could literally dip in, dip out at any point. You really yeah, don't have to have seen them. That's the point, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, maybe I will. Okay. Sounds good. I've been uh, I've been catching up with uh with Loki uh, oh, yeah. on yep. on uh, on Disney Plus which has been really good. Really enjoyed the fourth episode. Um no spoilers, but uh it was really bloody good. Yeah. Um also some really nice kind of character moments in there. Uh, we've been introduced to some other interesting characters as well. I can't really talk about it without spoiling it. Yeah. Um, the only thing I would say is quite interesting. There, there've been there's a discussion on sexuality in it, where uh, Loki basically admits to being bisexual, right. um, which is which is interesting for you know something on a kids TV app Disney Plus and you, yeah. know, you know a Marvel comic book movie. So um, you know always good to see you know these kind of franchises dragging themselves into the future and and not just resting on typical stereotypes and so on. So definitely. Yeah. That's always good. Um, but yeah, no, like uh, really, really enjoying that. Uh, I've also been watching a lot of Terrace house, as you know, my favorite Japanese reality TV oh, show yeah. on Netflix. <laughs> uh, I think I watched another like 50 episodes like oh in God. the last few weeks in between watching the, the soccer ball, football, soccerish. What do we call it now? Hot, uh, lemony snickets. What do we, lemony. what do we call it? I don't even know what we call it. Hotbox. Hotbox? What, what is it? What, football? Oh, football. Okay, yeah, yeah. We had a little discussion. That's right. I'd, I've been, listen, I've been living in America for a long time. I really don't remember what you... <laughs> Quidditch, you silly, that's what we call it. We call it Quidditch. You silly now. Brits call it. Quidditch, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so I've been flying around on my broom and trying to catch the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sneaker? No, but... I can't remember what it's called. No, answers on a postcard. Uh, so, so that was me really. It's been a fairly, fairly quiet few weeks on the, on the TV front. Obviously there's been a lot going on in the news. Do you want to get us started off with the, the sad news about Richard Donner? I will. Yeah. So that is very sad news. I mean, a absolutely, you know, legendary film director for our, our time and, you know, coming up with a lot of the films which shaped our childhood has unfortunately passed away age 91. Um, I think, you know, just to sort of go into it a bit. So his first sort of major break into film was 76's The Omen. Um, and then he later produced like Free Willy and The Lost Boys. Uh, and he was from, oh, just down the road from you, actually. He's from the Bronx, which I didn't realise. Um, so, you know, started with a lot of TV stuff, did The Twilight Zone and Man From mm. Uncle, that yeah. classic stuff in the 60s. But then... People will know him mainly from doing classics such as uh, 78 Superman, um, The Goonies, which is, oh, you know, one of our favourite films of all time. Uh, you know, it's just done so much that's 
so highly regarded and yeah it's a shame to uh shame that he's passed but yeah hmm. it's uh 91's not bad though is it not a bad innings what about lethal weapon all four lethal weapon movies all, yeah all the lethal weapons yeah Amazing. I just I love those films. I love They're great. Those films. Yeah, I I said to you actually, I need to I need to rewatch them. I love them, and I've I I think I think I watched like the first one again, pretty sort of within the last six months or so. But I'd like to just do a session. I think and do do them all. Yeah, all the lethal yeah. weapons. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not make it so? So yeah, Richard Donner, who was ninety one, sadly passed away. And if you haven't seen any of those films, The Omen. Goonies, Lethal Weapon movies, Superman 1. He also did direct Superman 2, by the way. Um, yeah. but he left the project uh, and was taken over by Richard Lester. But he then released his own Donner cut, so to speak, of that back in the early 2000s, which right. reinstalled a lot of the footage that he shot. So just a little yeah. kind of interesting film curio, but the yeah, Superman 2 uh, Donner cut is out there and you can, you can check that out as well. Um, but yeah, really sad news. Hmm. What else um, have you got? What else have I got? So uh, a couple of quick things. So the news that the old guard, so the film that came out um, and I reviewed, I think it was last year, wasn't it? Came out on Netflix. Charlie Theron, right? Charlie Theron. Yeah, yep. it was. Um, so there's just the news that the, the sequel, Old Guard 2, is to begin shooting next year. Um and I think they got a, quite a good reception, actually. The old guard. I, I, it was. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. It was. It was really good. But there's no. You know, there's no mass. Like, there's no plot details or anything for it yet. But um, it's just being announced that it will be starting to film next year because that's from a graphic novel uh, uh, trilogy, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm quite looking forward to that one because I enjoyed the first one. So that's good. Um, and then the last bit of news that I have is that, <laughs> and this was bro- <laughs> broken to me in the best way possible. Um, so on 4th of July, which obviously you've just celebrated over there, mm-hmm. um, the makers of the film, the cult internet film, Kung Fury, uh, from well, it was a few years ago now that that came out, but yeah, it, it was massively popular, uh, really good fun, just ridiculous fun. Um, and they're they're currently filming uh, the set the the follow up the second one to that, and they posted a oh, really? uh, a still photograph of Arnie on set waving an American flag in like a you know dishevelled suit, uh, and <laughs> it's like the best still you'll ever see. Um, so obviously he's on board for probably just a really small cameo or something, but I think you know because of the reputation and the cult status that the last one got, you know, they had David Hasselhoff doing the soundtrack on the last one. And um, I just think that it, there might be some really fun cameos and stuff in this. So there's lots, if you follow them on their um, Facebook page, um, there's lots of like production stills and stuff for exciting stuff that's happening. So I shall be looking forward to that as well. That sounds great. I actually yeah. saw that picture. It looks like he's in like a suit. It looks like he's in the rubble of like the white house or something, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Basically, I yeah, wonder whether like, he's the pres- whether he's the president in this film. I hope so. It'd be awesome. So yeah, <laughs> that's my news. <laughs> amazing, amazing, good stuff. Uh, I also picked up on uh, Zack Snyder's new project for Netflix. Obviously, hot off the heels of Army of the Dead and mm-hmm. the uh, the DCEU Snyder cut. Um, a few years ago, basically, Zack Snyder 
had kind of been pitching a a new Star Wars film around Hollywood, and apparently he had a, a meeting with with Lucasfilm at the time to kind of discuss this. Um, but then the, the 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 business was obviously sold to to Disney, and I think the yeah. conversations kind of stopped at that point. And basically, what he's planning on doing is putting together a movie, um, which is called Rebel Moon, and it's he he basically is quoted as saying. Uh, this is me growing up as an Akira Kurosawa fan, a Star Wars fan. It's my love of sci-fi and a giant adventure. I've spent the last two or three years building out this new universe. So it's not a Star Wars related movie, but it was originally a script that was for Star Wars. All right. Every corner has to be painted in. I've been I've been doing designs, constantly drawing, and really cultivating cultivating its fertile ground to make this world fully realized. And here, Netflix are hoping to launch a new idea that can spin off other works, including potential series. Um, so it could be quite interesting. It's always interesting to see, you know, someone retconning a script and taking it back to something and making mm. something else from it, you know? And, yeah. um, I mean, you know, Zack Snyder is definitely an author, you know, he's definitely got his own style. So interesting to see what he can do with, with more of a kind of sci-fi kind of futuristic or space led story. Cause definitely, yeah. we haven't really seen that from him so no. far as part of his kind of, his kind of back catalog. Um, yeah, so that's, that's in the works at the moment. I'm sure it'll take, you know, a couple of years before we'll, we'll, we'll see anything on that. Um, but basically it starts when a, a peaceful colony on the edge of the galaxy is threatened by the armies of a tyrannical regent named Balisarius. Desperate people dispatch a young woman with a mysterious past to seek out warriors from neighboring planets to help them make a stand. Right. So Star Wars. Star Wars. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's going to call it the War Star. Rebel Moon. And it'll That's be Princess no Liar. That's no Princess. <laughs> Obi-2 can OB. And feet so Obi-2 can OC. R346, come here. <laughs> C4PO, stop. <laughs> oh, I hope so. I just hope, it's, I just hope the villain is Pizza the Hut. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, boss, you're delicious, boss. <laughs> oh, god. If I said the word argyle to you, Phil, what would you say? Uh, it's a nice name. Plymouth Argyle one. <laughs> yeah. Boston United nil. That's what I'd say. Well, this is Matthew Vaughan's new picture, Argyle, which has recently attached. Um, some big names to it. It's a it's a movie that he's kind of stepped away from, apparently away from the spy world. Obviously, he's been entrenched in the Kingsman movies for mm-hmm. the last few years, and we've got we've obviously got the new the new Kingsman, the King's Man coming out uh, at some point this year. I think that's coming out in December. Um, but Argyle um, has is is a script that was adapted from Wonder Woman's Jason Fuchs, um, apparently with the world's greatest spy on a globe trotting adventure. Uh, and apparently he said that when he read the early draft manuscript, he felt it was the most incredible and original spy franchise since Ian Fleming's books of the 1950s. This is going to reinvent the spy genre. Right. So this is basically, there's a, there's a, there's a book that's coming out and, and hitting the shelf soon. Um, Matthew Bourne is adapting it and this is starring, wait for it, Henry Cavill, Sam Rockwell, Bryce Dallas Howard, Brian Cranston, Catherine O'Hara, John Cena, Samuel L. Jackson, and Dua Lipa. 
Whoa. So there That's you go. That's a varied cast. It really is. Uh, hopefully, uh, let's just hope that Elton John doesn't turn up in this one and start <laughs> shooting people or whatever it was he did in the <laughs> second Kingsman movie. I forgot about that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Take me home, country roads. <laughs> I hope he does. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Keep our beans peeled for this cool. one. Argyle. Trailers, what have you been watching? Uh, well, the first very exciting one uh, was for The Many Saints of Newark. Mm. So this is the... Woke up this morning. <laughs> exactly. This is the prequel uh, that's coming out uh for the sopranos which obviously ended quite a few years ago now um that the last sopranos was released um so it's uh marketed as like with a subtitle of a sopranos story uh and it's directed by alan taylor written by david chase uh and lawrence connor so and they all worked on you know the the, the soprano series um as I said, it's a prequel. It's set in the 60s and 70s in Newark and New Jersey. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just like a, so the backdrop for tensions between the Italian-American and African-American communities. The film follows the teenage years of Tony Soprano in the midst of a violent gang war with which his family is involved in. So, and Tony Soprano being played by Michael Gandolfini, um, son of, the late great James Gandolfini, who obviously played Tony Soprano yeah. in the original. So, and you can really see him. The trailer that he gives some scary looks to some people in that, and it just really does sort of hark back to the, these uncanny the sort he? of yeah, like the dead stares that he gives people that are just yeah. chilling in the Sopranos. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to this. It's out on um, October twenty second. Day before my birthday, Miles. Well, happy birthday um, for October the 22nd. And any of our listeners want to send Phil <laughs> clippings of their hair or toenails, please. Uh, please I'll do. give you, I'll call out his address on the next, on the next episode. <laughs> I'll put it on our Instagram page so you can send oh, anything God. you like to Phil. Feces, fecal matter in a bag. That would be best. <laughs> Preferably human. Warm, warm if possible. Happy birthday. <laughs> Here's a bag of shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, October 22nd uh, mm. on HBO Max, which is fitting considering Sopranos was an HBO series. A little um, bit worried about Alan Taylor directing it though. I mean, I know that he's, you know, he's obviously been entrenched <laughs> with a lot of the uh, the recent, you know, HBO series. And of course, as you said, The Sopranos, but he did direct um, the least, I think the lowest rated uh, Marvel movie, which was Thor The Dark World and uh, the, the last Terminator movie. Terminator yeah. Genesis, yeah. Terminator Genesis, 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 which is... Did lots of Game of Thrones as well. I'm talking to the wrong person here, and I? (laughs) I mean, I love Game of Thrones, but let's not talk about the bells, the bells. Oh, God, no, well, no. Yeah. Uh, And then, moving on, the next trailer I saw was for um, Beckett. Yes. So this looks really good. Beckett. (laughs) So this is new Netflix film starring John David Washington. GDW. Um, JDW. JDW. And um, who, you know, our listeners will probably know from films like Tenet and um, what's the other one that we reviewed? We've reviewed quite a few, haven't we? The two-hander that he was in. 
The two-hander. Was... Well, he had two hands in it, but I don't remember what his... Who, oh, who, the black which... and white film. What's it called? The, the black and white film? What are you talking about? Yeah, we... Oh. <laughs> I can't remember the name of it, but it was really good. <laughs> I don't know. Let me... Uh, uh, I don't know what we're talking about. But I'll give you the story while we're doing that. Um, so... So while vacationing in Greece, American tourist Beckett, John David Washington, becomes the target of a manhunt after a devastating accident. Uh, Forced to run for his life and desperate to get across the country to the American embassy to clear his name, tensions escalate as the authorities close in, political unrest mounts, and Beckett falls even deeper into a dangerous web of conspiracy. Conspiracy. So it looks like the fugitive... um, with a political twist. I but think it looks, this looks awesome. It looks really good. Yeah, I'm, re- I'm mm. really excited about it. It's got a nice vintage look, hasn't it? It's got, it looks yes. like it's filmed on or actual film stock, on actual film. It has yeah. a very grainy look about it and the way the yeah. kind of camera moves. Um, it's funny, you, it's funny you, you watch this one as well because I, I'd also seen, I've seen both these trailers, but mm. I think for me, this is the one that, as I'm not a huge fan of The Sopranos, Mm. Um, so this is the one I know that I'm really looking forward to this though I think this looks yeah. great and I also love Boyd Holbrook who's in this from Narcos uh, oh, Alicia yeah. Vikander is in this as well she's absolutely amazing it's also directed by um, the second unit director of Luca Guadagino's uh, movies so Luca Guadagino did Call Me By Your Name and the Suspiria remake I think he's a, he's a bit of a genius um, right. And it has that it has that kind of it has that kind of look about it where it looks kind of like an indie movie, right? It doesn't look like a kind of all out action movie. Oh no, yeah, it does. Yeah, there looks like some incredible uh, kind of landscapes of Greece, doesn't there? Like the kind of yeah, mountains really, and things like that. Yeah, the trailers look good. Does look good. Yeah, this is this is going to be directed by uh, Fernando Cito Filamarino, and he wrote the story as well. So it could be could be an interesting one. Yeah. Um, oh, Ma- Malcolm and Marie. It just came oh, to me. Oh, it that just came the name through, of it. through the power of Google. No, honestly, I just remembered it. It popped into I my head. I swear. I swear. I wanted to remember. But I used my brain, Miles. I used my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I've used it. I finally used it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sounds good. Looking forward yeah. to those. Definitely. So let's jump into the movie reviews this week. A uh, little light for trailers on the ground, but uh, we've got some big movies to review this week. Uh, I'll get us kicked off. If that is that all right with you, Phil? Do you mind if I you go for it? Are you Age sure, though, beauty. boy? Beauty. Hang on. Who's older? Uh, it's you. When are you born? You're October, aren't you? October. I'm well, July. we need to discuss this. People are going to send bags of shit for my birthday in October. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait. Um, <laughs> speaking of bags of shit. Uh, so F9. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh. F9, or to give it its full title, F9, The Fast Saga. As you will have seen from the trailer or posters, this latest high-speed entry into the Fast and Furious film franchise does away with Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham's Hobbs and Shaw, here focusing on the more central, quote-unquote, family of the leader of a band of international thieves slash supermarket car park bothering car wankers. And of course, (laughs) you're going to see this because it does exactly what it says on the tin, right? Well, F9 is bold, brash car porn and with CGI eye-gasms. To quote a character during the final third of the movie, 
This has stunts that defy physics on almost every level, from terror, firma, to outer space. This movie starts just as every other Fast and Furious movie does, here with Vin uh, playing Dom Toretto, seemingly out of the game for good, only to be pulled back in by some nefarious script mechanic, resulting in him reuniting his quote-unquote family. I'm going to stop saying quote-unquote family, but every time I say it, just imagine I'm saying it like Vin Diesel. And saddling up to travel the globe and crash his car into things and people. The opening action scene involving a minefield is a lot of fun, and it ends in a climatic car rope swing seen in the trailer. The strange thing here being that this is just the beginning of the movie, and can the rest of it live up to such a bombastic and crazy intro. The answer to this depends on why you're here. Vin Diesel's Dom spouts endlessly and without cynicism about his love of family and completing the mission, while everyone else seems to be having the time of their life. Vin, God bless him, the pea-brained fool, is definitely not in on the joke. The screening I went to was full of people clapping and cheering and laughing, even at the unintentional moments, my favourite heckle being when a young guy who was sitting down the front of the theatre during a scene where one of the characters may or may not have left the mortal coil just screamed out, He ain't dead yet, y'all! And there were just absolute fits of laughter. (laughs) Depending on where you stand, this movie is either a disaster or a lot of fun. Between the jokes and the seriousness which seem to nullify each other, it was my friend who I attended the screening with who said it best when she summed it up so perfectly This movie needs to pick a lane. The one thing I wasn't expecting was for it to be so formulaic, especially considering the godfather of the franchise, Justin Lin, finally returns to direct following uh, driving this franchise into top gear with some of his excellent past entries, such as Fast Five, Fast Six, Fast Five being my personal favorite, just a photo finish ahead of Fast Seven. So emotional. Been a long day without you, my friend. Sorry, where was I? Uh, we've had never-ending runways, a nuclear submarine, and cars driving between three buildings and through those buildings. So where else is there to go? The answer, of course, is outer space. A movie which not only provides the biggest laughs, but also makes you wonder if this franchise has jumped the shark, or should that be the Pontiac Fiero? Hey, come on, it's a big dumb car movie with Vin Diesel and new entrant, yet another professional wrestler turned fast actor John Cena. Here, not able to flex his comic muscle, he has done so well in the likes of Trainwreck and the upcoming Suicide Squad. Here, Vin and John are pitched against each other as siblings, a brother we never knew existed (laughs) for all of the other movies. And that's done away with really early with some flashback work in an epilogue where... We see the young Toretto brothers involved in, of course, a family tragedy that sets them at loggerheads for the rest of their lives. To be honest, with this entry, you've seen it all. And before uh, all of the endless action scenes and countless mentions of family and car crobatics, trademark Miles Patterson, 2021, you'd be forgiven for wanting this movie to do something different. Here's hoping that the newly announced Fast 10 does just that, while bringing back Statham and Johnson's Hobbs and Shaw's for a more refined comedy joyride through the streets, both of whom are dearly missed here. Fast 9, the Fast Saga, is neither the bombastic return to form we wanted after the forgettable Fast 8, 
nor is it a vehicle to drive us to new levels of excitement for the future of the franchise. It's a perfectly ser- serviceable, big, dumb action movie, but it will leave you wondering if it's run out of <laughs> diesel. Fast oh. Nine, the Fast Saga is available worldwide in movie theaters now. Take your friends, but definitely, definitely take your family. <laughs> How many will they make? How many? Where can they be? How, How many, many can there be? <laughs> How many other film franchises have gone past like 10? Police Academy? Did they go 10? Oh, God. No, I don't think so. Did they? What about I want um, to, I want to What about Tremors? Hasn't <laughs> there has been an announcement of a new Tremors or something, hasn't there? Yeah. We need to confirm we'll that next it. week. We talked about that oh, about a year ago. Oh, I'm assuming it's come out and that. vanished. <laughs> it's gone away again. Underground. Mm. Um, yeah. So, well, very good. I like it. I don't want to watch it. Really? Really? No. Well, you've got you've got a few to watch there. We've got eight Fast and Furious films to watch before we can really discuss the plot twists in this movie. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, what a pointless conversation that'll be. <laughs> Truly. Uh, can I go now? I'd love it if you did, honestly. Like, not so go. Happy. Like, can I? Can I have a go oh. review? <laughs> oh, um, I've got things to do, so I was like uh, shower and like maybe maybe do some stuff. I don't know. Yeah, sure, yeah. go for it. What okay. have you got for us? So I am going to talk about the Tomorrow War, uh, the new uh, Amazon Prime sci-fi alien blockbuster. So I talked about the trailer for this a few weeks back and I was really looking forward to its release. Uh, As in all honesty, this looked like it was going to tick all the boxes for me. (laughs) You know me, Miles. I feel like this is going to be a really positive review. (laughs) Do you? I'm I'm smiling. Um, (laughs) Maybe you were wrong, but we'll see. Uh, So, you know, you know me. I'm... a massive fan of like fantastic film expertly directed and edited with the best performances and scripts the industry has to offer. I do, however, love me a full on action cheese fest <laughs> featuring time travel, alien monsters, sci-fi and lots of corny lines. Uh, did it disappoint me, Miles? Hell no. Let me explain. Um, so I'm gonna I'll lay out the storyline for you. Cause you you didn't watch this, did you? You haven't seen it. Oh, I've seen it, Phil. Oh, you have watched it. Okay, oh brilliant. Okay, good. That's good. Uh, well, for the listeners, I shall lay out the storyline. So in the Tomorrow War, the world is left stunned when a group of travelers arrive from the year 2051 to deliver an urgent message. Thirty years in the future, mankind is losing a global war against a deadly alien species. The only hope for survival is for soldiers and civilians from the present to be transported to the future and join the fight. Among those recruited is ex-Special Forces high school teacher and family man Dan Forrester, played by Chris Pratt. Um, Determined to save the world for his young daughter, Dan teams up with the brilliant scientist Yvonne Strahovski, and his estranged father, J.K. Simmons, in a desperate quest to rewrite the fate of the planet. I guess a lot of this is not going to sound very groundbreaking, and it's because it's not in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) But 
this film is basically a mashup of Starship Troopers, Independence Day, Aliens, and a massively heavy dose of Edge of Tomorrow. But bloody hell, what is not to like about that? So it's directed by Chris McKay, who some people may know from directing the Lego movie and the Lego Batman movie. Uh, And I think he does a really good job here. Some of the visuals in it are really good. And you can see where a lot of the alleged $200 million budget went on it. Um, The alien effects and big battles, they're done really well. There's some great action set pieces. And one thing I liked in particular, because it's cheesy as hell, are the A-team style slow motion hits that people take when they meet their demise. Um, just stylistically, I like it just because it's just action in it. Um, performance wise, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fan of Chris Pratt. I really like him and this role suits him well. Uh, his performance is solid enough, but the source material doesn't really leave much to be desired. Uh, Yvonne Strahovski as Colonel Murray does a great job. I think she was good and I really enjoyed Sam Richardson's character of Charlie who provides some good comedic relief amidst the action and helplessness. A special mention though has to go to J.K. Simmons who plays Dan's absentee father in what can only be described as a super cliche subplot (laughs) which he has to prove himself to get a shot at a second chance of a relationship with his son and granddaughter after his previous failings in the fatherhood department. Uh, he looks, though, absolutely hench as fuck in this. <laughs> He's got a massive white beard and he kicks ass in it as well and plays a ex-Vietnam angry uh, anti-establishment veteran quite well. Yeah. Um, I think the main couple of criticisms I've got for it are that it's perhaps a bit long. It's, it's two hours and 20 minutes, which I think could have done with maybe being 20 minutes shorter. But it's also a lot to squeeze in to explain things the best they can that they don't, you know, the action's relentless in it. It it doesn't linger in one place too long and it doesn't hang around or get bogged down in time travel or family drama. It just tells you what you need to know and gets on with it. So in that sense, I never felt it dragged on too long, just that when you think it must be ending soon, it doesn't. Um, Yes, it's absolutely full to the brim with cliche, cheese and just dumb action with possibly the most predictable ending of all time but i really really enjoyed it and i think you will too if you need to switch off and watch some big action without having to focus too much on the plot uh this is the perfect friday night film to crack open a beer to turn up the sound system and watch on the biggest screen you can find it's stupid cheesy as i said cheesy before uh and it's just I just loved it, Miles. I just absolutely <laughs> loved it. It gets a big old movie mouth thumbs up from me. Uh, and it's available to stream on Amazon Prime Video right now. Come there you on. go. How much did you hate it? I for know. me, I think, for me, no, no. I think the only thing, I know that, how much did they, you say they spent on this? $200 million. <laughs> the only thing they could have maybe had a little bit more budget for is if they had Stevie Nicks show up in her birthday suit with a jar of pickles and a bottle of baby oil. <laughs> what a line. J.K. Simmons line. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yes. It was fun. <laughs> it was fun. I just, you know, I just felt like there was just a lot going on. There was just a lot going That's on. So here. much. There's yeah. a lot. This movie was a lot. Um, I thought Chris Pratt was really bland in this. 
and like to make it it's to make matters of... worse. Not only is he a high school fucking science teacher, but he's also an ex special forces soldier. <laughs> yeah. And and his name is Dan. <laughs> you know, it's just like you couldn't get any more bland. Sorry to all of the Dans out there, one of our Dan friends in particular who I know listens to every episode. You definitely <laughs> yeah, are not bland. But this Dan was definitely a bland Dan. Um Uncle Bland Dan. <laughs> Time cup. The way to sum this movie up is to say it's reverse the Terminator. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit. It's basically take your army and send it into the future instead of the other way around, send like your army back to kill things in the past. You know? Yeah. Cool premise. Like on paper, yeah, but I to be honest. I had completely forgotten about it. When it came to writing the intro to the podcast, I had actually completely forgotten the mo- what the movie was that you had watched, and I had fucking seen it. I, I didn't. I want to watch it again. <laughs> this is Maybe where we differ, it isn't it? We're so Maybe similar in so many ways. I know. But, but this time, not much. We're, we're opposite sides of the force. Yeah, we are. What side am I? What side are you? On the... the- the light side, the rebel side. Take your weapon, you and your pitiful band of friends. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mostly agree with your review, to be honest. It's fun. It's, it's just massive if, fun. If I'd paid Don't to see it in the anything. cinema, I probably would have been a bit pissed off. Really? I would have been mm-hmm. like, yes, this is amazing. My eardrums have burst. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have been shouting it because your eardrums have burst. <laughs> um, but yeah. I think I think it's worth a watch. I think it's fun. It's worth a watch, and I stand by your recommendation. I'm just glad that you know, but only this once. <laughs> this okay. is the last time. This is the only time I get a ticket, a free ticket. <laughs> yes, get out of jail free. You sure you want to use it on this? To, to yes, I do. I loved it. I love it. <laughs> I love it, Miles. Let me watch it I again, it. please. Don't you diss it? Oh, <laughs> I'll still like it. Oh dear. Uh, go and watch it, everyone. Don't listen to Miles. Go and watch it. Choose your weapon. Strike it down. <laughs> Don't be tempted by the dark side. Uh, anyway, that's me. There we go. There we well are. Well done. Sounds good. I want to watch it again now, to be honest, after your review. <laughs> <laughs> good. Go do it. Oh, Phil. Yeah. It's time for this. Hi, um, just trying to read your name tag. Phil, uh, do you rent, can you rent games here? No. Does it say, does it say video game corner above the door? Does it? No, but uh, there used to be a blockbuster down the road and before it went out of business, they used to have games there I could rent. Well, I don't care. Why, why'd you ask anyway? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm looking for a game where... An Italian plumber jumps endlessly through a fantasy world, hitting blocks and jumping on turtles and mushrooms until he finally meets a giant fire-breathing dragon and saves the princess. Have you got that? Um, no, but I... Funny enough, funny you say that, because that's quite similar, actually. But I have got a movie where <laughs> an Italian-American plumber from Brooklyn, who's played by a Brit, uh, travels into an alternate 
Blade Runner-like dimension inhabited by evolved dinosaur people. And they're led by Dennis Hopper as a T-Rex, uh, who seemingly wants to take over the world while turning people into chimpanzees. <laughs> <laughs> you killed me. I'm dying. Do you want to, um, to rent that? Uh, to be honest, it sounds nothing like the game that I wanted to that I wanted to rent. Look, do you want it or not? Because uh, yeah, fuck it, I'll take it. It's 1993. <laughs> what else have I got to worry about? That's right. There's the Super Mario Brothers movie for you then. Yes, it's 1993's Super Mario Brothers, the movie, starring Bob Hoskins as Mario Mario and John Leguizamo as Luigi Mario. Do you want to, I mean, you've kind of given us the plot there, Phil. I was going to ask if you wanted to walk us through a little bit more of the plot. All right, I'll give you it in a more official stance, shall I? Brooklyn plumbers Mario and Luigi get the shock of their lives when they discover a parallel world populated by the intelligent descendants of dinosaurs. It seems they weren't destroyed by a meteor millions of years ago, but hurled into another dimension. And now they have plans to rule our world. It's up to our unlikely heroes to battle the evil King Cooper and his Goomba guards, free the beautiful Princess Daisy, and save mankind in this adventure of a lifetime. <laughs> wow, it sounds really good. Um, yeah. So that plot is basically, well, in fact, we can probably say it, the character names is where basically the similarities end with the famous Super Mario Brothers video games, right? Yeah. Let's talk about the characters. Okay. So, so Mario. Yep. Bill Bob. How long does it take Mario, played by Bob Hoskins, an Englishman, to don the famous red and blue of the Super Mario Brothers games? I might have that as part of the trivia later on, but it's a good, like, it's, a, it's way over an hour. It's at least over an hour. I think it's... I mean, even in the opening scene, Luigi is wearing a red hoodie. Luigi, who famously wears green and blue. Yeah. And Mario, who famously wears red and blue. The opening yeah. scene, they're driving around in some fucking plumber van. And yeah. John Leguizamo <laughs> is wearing a red hoodie. It's just confusing. I, I was confused from the very uh, beginning. Like, why not even yeah. make it, like, you know? He's got a green tool belt, though. Okay. <laughs> because of course Luigi has a fucking green tool belt, famously. Yeah. Um, no, that's a good point, though. I'll take I'll take that. So Mario, I mean, he's not Italian, is he? For a start, he's not. You know, no. let's go. It's a me, no. Mario. He's, uh, <laughs> let's go. Hey, you know, Luigi. Uh, you want a slice of pizza? Uh, you know, <laughs> he's Cooper. Cooper. Who's this Cooper guy? <laughs> Who's this Cooper guy? Yeah. Kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, Luigi. <laughs> John Leguizamo. Yeah. Has he got a, has he got a, that famous Luigi mustache? No. He's baby faced. He is, but he is baby faced. And again, they don't, he doesn't wear his little outfit. What about, what about Princess Daisy? Yeah. No pink dress there. She does wear a pink dress later on. Oh, is it pink? Yeah. It was kind of pinky purpley, isn't it? Because Cooper kind of captures her and makes her wear it. Mm. But I mean, really it's bizarre, isn't it? Anyway, yeah. what about, what about Cooper? Who, who is Cooper in, in the games? What is he? A big old dinosaur. He's a fire-breathing dragon with a big shell on his back. Yeah. Yeah, with a shell. I forget about the shell, yeah. What is he in this? A T-Rex played by a human. Well, he's, <laughs> Dennis, he's done an evolved T-Rex that, that grew up to be tongue. Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Pop quiz, hot shot, there's a bomb on the bus. 
The only thing that makes him a T-Rex in this film is the way he stands with his hands up. In, like He has to stand with his hands what? up. Does so, he do that? Did you notice? He's, he's, like, I'm doing it on the screen. Listeners, you can't see this, but Dennis Hopper, in when he's doing the speech in the film, he <laughs> stands with his hands up near his chest like a T-Rex, like with his hands clasped together. Why didn't I notice that? I don't know. You're not observant enough. He does always got his hands are always in the frame, aren't they? They're always there at the bottom of the frame likes, doing something. Yeah, yeah. But he's standing there like that. <laughs> <laughs> now, what are your memories of this film as a child, Miles? Um, I went to see it at the the cinema in Brighton that you used to work at down at the marina. Oh yeah, and I remember, I remember enjoying it for the spectacle. Yeah. But also yeah. thinking that it didn't really have anything to do with the games that I loved so much. No, I think that's the the main thing for everyone, isn't it? Like I, I went to see it. My dad went took me and my brother to go and see it at our local mm-hmm. cinema mm-hmm. in when it came out in ninety three. And uh I clearly remember like because I would have been like nine, eight or nine when I went to see it. And I was really excited because it was Mario and we loved the Mario Brother games. Mario Brothers games. And um, I clearly remember walking out of the cinema with my dad and my dad saying something like, what the fuck did I just watch? (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck did I just watch? I can Uh, imagine your dad saying that as well. Definitely, yeah. Um, And, but I, and I, I, I remember really enjoying it. Like it wasn't Mario, but it was just one of those sort of big budget, like with really cool sets and just a whole world like adventure mm. film. And yeah. I, when years later in 2007 or eight, when we worked together at um, a music shop. Uh, and you shall not be named. <laughs> shall not be named. And I remember it was getting a DVD release and seeing it <laughs> on the, like the new release board. And I was the only, <laughs> I ordered a copy because they weren't going to order any, they weren't going to order any in the shop because no. they, they thought, well, no one's going to buy that. True. I ordered a copy and I didn't buy it straight away. And the manager put it out on the shop floor uh, for a bit. And there it, it stayed sell. for. And there it stayed years. until I bought it. <laughs> and I was the only person that bought it. I, I think I might be the only person in the United Kingdom that's got a copy of Mario Brothers on DVD. Probably. Um, fun fact the only place, apparently, and I, I haven't fact checked this, but according to IMDb, the only place that you can get this on Blu-ray, the only place it's had a Blu-ray release is in the UK. Is it really? Apparently. Wow. That says yeah. a lot, doesn't it? I know. But I'm surprised you haven't it, got it on Blu-ray. I'm surprised you haven't upgraded from DVD. Had you ever watched the DVD? No. And <laughs> I, st- I think How I... How many st- years have you had that? You've said that for about minute, 20 have years. Have I watched it? No, I have watched it once. We did. We did watch it years ago. We did, but even now I got the DVD off the shelf, but then I couldn't bring myself to watch it on DVD because it was streaming in HD on Prime Video. <laughs> so I just watched it on Prime, but I had the DVD on the table just for aesthetic reasons. Um, plus it's a really you had it DVD there while you were Yeah, I had it there, like in front of the TV, like just so I could look, glance at it going, oh, that's nice, isn't it? It's, it's a blue, blue DVD case. It's really cool. I love the poster for this, to be fair. It's really cool. So, it's one of those it, it, so here's, a, here's a question for you. Yeah. Um, the filmmakers, about the filmmakers. What the fuck were they thinking? <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? 
were they thinking, Phil? At what point <laughs> does Mario jump on a mushroom and get bigger? At what point does he jump on a turtle and fire its shell at someone? At what point does he jump into a block and destroy it? None. None of those, those things happen. At what point were they like, oh, there's this lovely green outdoor world or these dungeons or blah, 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 blah. Deserts no. or whatever. Oh, I know. We'll take him and put him into Blade Runner. Yeah. Or Back to the Future Part 2. And yeah. all this kind of like steampunk aesthetic. And, oh, you know the mushrooms? Yeah, well, that's a fungus that's taken over the city. And it's like... Yeah, there's no mushrooms. It's weird, like, mozzarella that's just melting and, like, stringy <laughs> and hanging around everywhere. Um, I mean, they... Really unusual. It's an odd, odd thing. There's some things that I'm going to go into as part of the trivia that sort of might explain the kind of people that actually made this film. Um, can I, just before you do that, can I just... Yeah, I'm not going to do it yet. Yeah, go on. The bad, the bad guys that are in this, right? Yeah. So you've got Cooper and he's evil yeah. or whatever. He's like, and everyone walks around saying, Hail Cooper, which I was like, whoa, yeah. it's a bit... bit, messy, <laughs> bit um, yeah. For a good film, for a video game adaptation <laughs> of a Japanese cartoon um, yeah. in the real world. But his henchmen are called the Goombas, right? Yeah. What does he do? How does he, how does he make the Goombas? He... Uh, D... He he gets humans that he doesn't like, yeah. mm-hmm. and he straps them in a chair, and sends them puts their heads in this like sort of like Total Recall type thing, yeah. And he uh, what do they call it? De devolve devolve. Yeah, he devolves them. He makes their brains <laughs> tiny. No, it makes their heads tiny as well. <laughs> and, and as part of that, I don't know how, but it make it changes their entire body shape Correct. to make them insanely tall. With the tiniest comical head, lizard Heads. head you'll ever see, <laughs> you'll ever see, and they're really, really simple. They're very uh, simple. I they're love very them. simple. So, you get, yeah, can you can you tell me about the Goombas in the Super Mario Brothers game? So, tiny headed lizard with a big body that walks around, and they're like, duh, you know. So, what yeah. are the Goombas in Super Mario Brothers? Well, they're like a little sort of red thing, aren't they, with the teeth and eyes? Like little pointy, like bottom jaw teeth. They're a little teeth. brown. They're a little brown mushroom. Yeah, with mushroom. An thing. underbite. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's all they are. Yeah, they're not massively tall lizards with tiny heads, <laughs> comically small heads. It must be said. I bloody love the Goombas in this. What about? Um, do you remember Toad, the loving, uh, the loving little mushroom from um, from the Super Mario Brothers movie? Yeah. So in this, he's a street musician. Yeah. Um, played by a real musician um, and uh, Mojo Nixon. And he, yeah, he's just a guy with a crazy swirly haircut, isn't he? And he gets arrested (laughs) at the same time as the Mario Brothers. And he, he, King Cooper devolves him, him, devolves him into a Goomba with a harmonica. Yep. <laughs> some reason like because he plays the harmonica and the guitar in the film and then uh, when he gets devolved and turns into a goomba someone puts a well, they go, well, they've they go got goombas. one yeah they've yeah. got one in their pocket and magically plays it without like ever touching it breathing like, into in it. every scene he's it's in, because like, his head doesn't move no i mean like yeah he can't his neck doesn't he got move. a neck yeah he hasn't got a neck in every scene that you see him in he uh he plays the harmonica like it, it's part of the action. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the more I think about this film, 
just <laughs> the more ridiculous it gets. <laughs> what about what about uh, what about Big Bertha? What do you know? What do you remember about Big Bertha from the video games? Do you remember what she was? No, I don't remember what Big Bertha was. Big red fish that would jump oh, was up it? and like blow something at Mario. Oh, yeah. that was Bertha. Remember that? Yeah. Sorry. So oh, who is yeah. she in the? Um, who is she she's in the? Movie? A, she's a um, a big lady that runs like a club. Yeah. <laughs> and she's really scary because she's yep. uh, she's massive. And yeah, she's just a mean lady that yeah. turns out to be nice. She jumps around in a thwomp stompers. Thwomp stomper, yeah. She she's also throws cool, an old woman off of a balcony. Remember that? She does, the old lady. Yeah, but that, yeah. you say that, but that old woman was an arsehole. She was trying to rob Mario. Right, yeah, just like in the games. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, were you, what would you call your favourite scene in this? Uh, well, I mean, I don't know if it's <laughs> only because it's so odd, like it's unbelievably odd. <laughs> There's a scene where Mario and Luigi get put, they, they're in, a, they're trying to escape Cooper's tower, like the castle, and they're in an elevator. And at first, at first they're in the elevator on their own. And then, um, the other door opens and two Goombas appear in front of them. So <laughs> these giant uh, hulking Goombas, don't they? They come yeah. walking in the tour. So they sort of hide behind them. And then in this mass, impossibly large TARDIS of an elevator. And then basically the lift, it goes, keeps going down the floors and more Goombas get in until there's about mm-hmm. like, I don't know, like 12 or 15 Goombas in there. And they're sort of hiding behind them. And for some reason, like for no like you know, there's the lift music which is going on. It's like it's going on. Yeah. For some reason, Luigi just decides to like put his hands on the hips of one of the Goombas and slowly start it swaying, doesn't he? To the to the beat of the music. To, <laughs> to the, the beat of the music. music. Yeah. And Mario's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "No, no, trust me, trust me. Watch this." And then they all start going around all the Goombas and swaying them all. And then all of a sudden, the whole lift's like. They're all swaying, aren't they? They're all like dancing yep. in time to the music. They even turn around to each other and start having a dance with each other. The Goombas, that is, not Mario. They sort of look scared. I mean, what the fuck? What's going on there? What is going on there? They're all dancing. The yeah, the the the, the king, like the lead Goomba, comes in and gets all pissed off, doesn't he? Yeah, the door opens and the Goombas are like, ah, and they're all like, oh, like, I don't know what's doing. <laughs> they're still dancing. Yeah, all, I love it. The door, they're all just swaying and dancing together. It's amazing. That's definitely one of the most memorable scenes, isn't it? Yeah. I think like one of the one of the only characters that's representative of the characters in the game is the bomb. Yes. The little wind up bomb. Yep. I mean I mean it's obviously a lot smaller than they are in the game. But yep. um there's the great scene towards the end where Mario winds it up. The fungus keeps the fungus, which is actually the, the king of the the Mushroom Kingdom, who is his, he's, a, he's now been turned into a, an omnipresent fungus that's, ever, that's covering everything. He's trying to help Mario and Luigi by dropping tiny bombs from his weird mushroom tentacles. Did you, did like you notice? Like touching them in the face. Did you notice who the, the king was played for when he turned back into a human? Who was he? It's Lars Hendrickson. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Bishop it was. himself. Bishop, yeah. Yeah, it was. That's right. Yeah. I love that there was that scene, by the way, when 
when Luigi's obviously falling in love with uh, Princess Daisy and uh, mm. she takes him into the throne room and we see the we see the we will, what can only be described as the fungus which is mm. like a giant volcano on the on the the, the roof like an inverted volcano isn't it and it inside like the whole it. it does me inside the whole of the volcano is this weird ball thing that kind of descends and they walk in and uh, and um, Princess Daisy says to <laughs> Luigi listen I know this is going to sound a little strange, but I want you to meet my father. <laughs> I mean, the thing is... And this like, little to... thing comes out. <laughs> they definitely read out it's a like, budget like, for that, did they? There's like goop, like bubbling out of it. And like <laughs> They read out a budget for that, and I can tell you exactly why they ran out of budget for that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right, I'm going to do some trivia. Do I'm it. Do some do trivia it. about this, because some of this trivia is fucking gold, right? Number one, the first bit of trivia I'm going to give you, actually, because it was um, given to me because I posted about this on a, on a Facebook um, group that I'm a member of. It's called The Good Movie and TV Place. It's run by a friend of mine. And uh, it's just a really cool small group on Facebook where people just, you know, post about films and stuff. And I posted a picture of the DVD cover of this and said, what were people's memories of this? And one of the guys on there said, um, and I didn't pick this up, but the he loves the fact that the boots from like the thwomp, uh, the, the boots from the bats the, the Goombas wear, sorry, the boots yeah, that the Goombas yeah. wear, like the silver ones, not the thwomp stomper things, but the yeah. ones that the Goombas wear later featured as the magnetic boots in the oil rig prison in face off. Really? Yeah. So like wow. they were the same prop, which is really cool. That must've been but, what, four years later. Might yeah. Something like, like, later 97? Yeah. 97. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Wow. But yeah, anyway, right. So I'm going to go through it because there's a bit of trivia to get through here, but it's all brilliant, right? So uh, during a chase scene at the beginning, which is when they're in the uh, ice cream truck that's their uh, plumber van, Bob Hoskins broke his finger when the van's door slammed on his hand. <laughs> For the rest of the film, Hoskins is wearing a cast that was painted pink to look like a hand. <laughs> Didn't notice that, but still. Um this is, this, just is a, this is just the first in a in a series of incidents that happened to poor old Bob oh, on set, isn't it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, in two thousand in his two thousand and seven autobiography, uh, John Leguizamo. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking before we came on air about how Phil can't pronounce John Leguizamo. Leguizamo, language Leguizamo. John Languistine. Uh, <laughs> John Leguizamo. In his 2007 Bob Lobster. <laughs> Bob Lobster. Bob Lobster. John Leguizamo, in his 2007 autobiography, states that he and Bob Hoskins hated working on the film and would frequently get drunk to make it through the experience. Both men apparently knew the movie would turn out bad, so they simply tried to make the best of it. He also stated he felt one of the biggest reasons the movie turned out the way it did was because the directors wanted a more adult movie while the studio, um, considering the source material, was looking for a children's film. Maybe they should have listened. Um, (laughs) Dennis Hopper described the film's production. It was a nightmare. Very honestly, (laughs) that movie, it was a husband and wife directing team who were both control freaks and would, wouldn't talk before they made decisions. Anyway, I was supposed to go down there for five weeks and I was there for 17. It was so over budget. Jesus, 17 weeks. <laughs> 17 weeks. Similarly, Bob Hoskins said in a 2011 interview with The Guardian, uh, he described the film's production. It was a fucking nightmare. The whole experience was a nightmare. 
It had a husband and wife directing team uh, whose arrogance had been mistaken for talent. After so many weeks, their own agent told them to get off the set. Fucking nightmare. Fucking idiots. <laughs> it's Rob <laughs> Um, Dennis Hopper explained why he did the film. So he said, I made a picture called Super Mario Brothers and my six-year-old son at the time, he's now 18, he said, Dad, I think you're probably a pretty good actor, but why did you play that terrible guy, King Cooper, in Super Mario Brothers? And I said, well, Henry, I did that so that you could have shoes. And he said, Dad, I don't need shoes that badly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, right. More facts. The de-evolution guns uh, seen at the end of the film are simply repainted versions of the Super Nintendo light gun accessory, the Super Scope. I thought that was pretty cool. There's a Nintendo. Come on, you knew that, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. did. They were just very painful. Uh, Bob Hoskins was quite unhappy with this film and his experience working on it, which I've covered. Uh, (laughs) In August 2007 interview, he proclaimed Super Mario Brothers as the worst thing he ever did. Uh, this is gold. Tom Hanks was considered for the role of Luigi. Oh my god! <laughs> but the failures killed of, his career. <laughs> but the failures of Turner and Hooch in 1989 and Joe vs. the Volcano in 1990 led the studio to believe Hanks was no longer a box office draw. Oh dear! <laughs> oh. Uh, one version of the script contained a cameo for Bruce Willis, where he tunnelled <laughs> through the air ducts of King Cooper's castle in a spoof of his role in Die Hard. What? Come out to the Mushroom Kingdom. Get together, have a few laughs. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger and Kevin Cosner turned down the role of King Cooper. <laughs> Arnold as King Cooper would have what been just Mr. Mr. Freeze, wouldn't he? What were they thinking? Um, <laughs> Harold, uh, Harold Ramey was offered to direct the film, but declined. Probably a good thing. Um... <laughs> Before Bob Hoskins was officially cast, Danny DeVito and Bruno Kirby were both attached to play the role of Mario at different times. Wow. Uh, I could have seen that. Uh, this is called the set for Dino Hatton, which I don't think they ever refer to. Do they ever refer they to They call it, it Dino, Dino Hatton. Hatton. Wow. Yeah. The set for Dino Hatton was built in an abandoned cement factory called the Ideal Cement Factory in the woods outside of Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, Set designs were adapted to the existing structure of the building. This factory was also used as the Shredder and the Foot Clan's hideout in Teenage Mutant Hero Uh, Turtles in 1990 and Top Dollar's nightclub in The Crow in 94. That's pretty cool. Now, this is the one that I can't believe. (laughs) This is why this film failed. It's so... Four versions of the Yoshi puppet were built, right? Because Yoshi features in this, doesn't he? As a tiny T Rex. Yep. Yeah. He's a little dinosaur on a like a dog, a dinosaur. He's a happy dog. little little. It's a happy little uh, velociraptor type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Four versions of the Yoshi puppet were built: a stand-in, a wireless model, a half puppet for the tongue, and a fully functional model. The fully functional puppet utilized seventy cables and nine operators. It what? cost five hundred thousand dollars. What? The little Yoshi cost half a mil, and it's barely in the film. I know. I it's mean, to be honest, it's not the worst puppet. I think. I think it's no. It, it could have been in Jurassic Park easily. Yeah, but if it didn't like, have a little happy eyes, the rest it's like little of the smiley film. eyes, <laughs> little happy eyes, isn't it? Yeah. But like they take Yoshi, like Yoshi's probably the closest thing to an actual representation of the character, because yeah, it's a it's a small dinosaur. Yeah, do you know what I mean? 
Yoshi! But it, it never does that, you know. It doesn't. They talk. never ride him. He doesn't poke his Brother. tongue out and, and eat Doesn't things. eat eggs. No, no does no. it eat eggs? No, it eats yeah. things and turns them into eggs. Eats yeah. rocks. Oh, and bad guys. Bob. Something like that. He just eats Weird. Them. Yeah. What are your favourite yeah. lines in this film, Phil? I like it when Mario and Luigi put their hands together and sort of do the, they shake their fingers like start their uh, like their version of a high five and they yeah. go glug 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 glug. <laughs> yeah, classic. Uh, that that's good. I like it when um, what's her name? Uh, Lena, like King Cooper's missus. Yeah, yeah. Played by the brilliant Fiona Shaw. Yeah, uh, she's great. She, she's really good. Spoiler alert: she dies. She gets like fried against the edge of like zapped. A, so she gets zapped and Luigi goes, wow. Uh, oh yeah. And then, so basically she goes, she gets zapped and she turns into a skeleton with like comic, you know, it's like hair, comic hair. Like the hair's still there. Yeah. yeah it's all like the just sh- planted up against hair. the thing. Yeah. And Luigi says, wow, she sure makes an impression. Oh, that was good. I didn't even, I didn't even pick up on that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and I think the other one, <laughs> the other favorite one of mine, the little scene is when um, <laughs> Mario, Finds out from Daisy that his girlfriend Daniela is being held prisoner in Dino Hatton, and Daisy says, "How's Daniela? Is she all right?" And he's like, "Oh, Daniela, I promised to take her to WrestleMania. <laughs> I promised to take her to WrestleMania." He doesn't look like the kind of guy that would go and watch WrestleMania, if I'm honest, with his girlfriend. Um, yeah. So that's my favourite lines. <laughs> Um, I've got I've got a couple. I think my favourite one is when Cooper finally kidnaps Daisy, and she's in he's he's captured her in his prison cell. Yeah, and he makes her look all beautiful, mm. and then he like tries to kiss her or whatever. Like it's really uncomfortable. He tries yeah. to kiss her, and he goes, "Little girls, hmm? they say they never forget the first time they're kissed by a lizard." <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't, would you? I mean, just bizarre. Really, odd. really bizarre. Odd, odd, odd. Um, what else? I also like the bit where Daisy takes Luigi to look at some uh, um, some fossilized bones. And obviously oh, Daisy yeah. is, a, is our paleontologist hero, isn't she? By the yeah. Brooklyn Bridge, they go down and they look at these bones. And she's looking, she's supposed to be really intelligent and like smart. And she's like, look at those opposable thumbs. It's almost like he was a monster trying to be a human being. <laughs> it's just so fucking dumb, this movie. Oh, it is, isn't it? Uh, what about when, but... when Luigi asks um, uh, Daisy for dinner on a date? And then the mm. next scene, you see that he's taking her up to dinner with, with his brother and his brother's yeah. girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, double date, isn't it? But how much did that really make you want to eat spaghetti and meatballs? Lots. A so lot. Much. So yeah. much. Yeah, loads. In fact, I'm going to order that when we get offline. That's a good idea. I want yeah. to do that. Spaghetti. We could eat together over video. We could have a Mario date. We could. I could be... Would I be Luigi? I think I'd be Luigi, wouldn't I? Definitely, yeah. Before I'm hairy and fatter than Am you. Am I taller than you? I feel like yeah. I'm a little bit taller Yeah, I'm shorter, you. fatter, and hairier than you. So I'm and my favourite colour is green. Your favourite colour is red. No, it's, it's green, actually, but I'll give you oh, it. Oh, is it? It's fine. Do you mind? That's fine. You can have it. Let's go! Um, not at once does Bob Hawkins go does he? no I mean because that was like 95 96 when the N64 came out and they weren't really yeah, doing yeah, that it yet, was after, oh, fuck, yeah it was after this Jesus yeah 
That's scary. I don't think Mario had actually spoken until this point. But luckily they didn't make it. Wahoo! Wahoo! You know. (laughs) Wahoo! Yeah. (laughs) Let's go. It's a me (laughs) and Mario. They should have done that. The Scapelli brothers are here again. (laughs) They're going to turn him into a chimp. Um, Yes. So does this film live up to your the past feelings that you had for this movie yeah it's i knew at the time it's terrible but i yeah. like, i it is it's awful it really is but it's also really good <laughs> because it's <laughs> <laughs> it's good in the way that it's such big budget that it looks good do you know what i mean apart from like the creepy it, it does if, like the if you didn't amazing. know anything about mario if you I mean, and actually, interestingly, apparently Bob Hoskins had no idea that Super Mario was a video game when he took the role. No, and know, his son was I like, know. Dad, you know this is, a, this is a video game? And he was like, is it? Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Um, and he was like, what the fuck am I doing? What is this Cooper bollocks? <laughs> what am I doing? Um, if you didn't know anything about the Mario Brothers game, then I, perfectly serviceable, weird kids movie from the yeah. 90s that gives you retro feels, steaming, you know, drain covers, all that kind of thing. Yeah. New York, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, out, outside of that, if you're a big fan of the games and you're watching this as a film fan, I don't think there's a lot for you here. No. I think it's a big steaming pile of dinosaur poo. <laughs> dinosaur. Oh, do you know what, though? I've still got, to this day, I've got the entire collection of Super Mario Brothers film action figures. Of course, yeah. Have you really? Have you got a Goomba? Did the uh, Goomba have like a material I've, red coat? Yeah, the Goomba had a real like material red coat. <laughs> I remember that. And, and Mario and Luigi, and I think probably the Goombas because they ran out of, you know, they, they didn't run out of ideas. Out so they, gave everyone the same, they gave everyone the same weapon, but they had like a, a, it was like a gun. Again, one of those things that they did in the 90s where they have an action figure come out for a film and it's nothing to do with the film. <laughs> Exactly. And uh, the gun was like this massive thing that you hold, and it was like a big, like, uh, like plumber's um, spanner, but it fires out like a red bullet type thing. Oh, I vaguely uh, remember that. Yeah, they all had that. So I've still got those somewhere. I think they're in my dad's loft. I need to get those out and uh, probably buy those play, and play with them, daft yeah. helmet style. <laughs> yeah, in private. <laughs> Is that the best thing about the film? The merchandise. Yeah. Brilliant. Right. Well, thanks for picking that one, Phil. Um, so, <laughs> it's fine. We'll be back in a few weeks on the next Movie Mouth Film and TV podcast. Before then, please visit our social channels at, at Movie Mouth Podcast on Instagram, Facebook. Give us a like, follow us, subscribe, or give us a nice five star review on your podcast player of choice, Phil. Yes. Yes. <laughs> do you do you have any uh, any any last words? No. Well, there's just one last thing to say, Phil. Come on. Go on. No, you say it. <laughs> what was that? What? I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> but you always say it. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> I'm confused.